Welcome to Grace in Public, preaching and teaching in the heartland and all around the world. Thank you so much for joining us for this program. The subject today is grace and mercy, and wow, it is a loaded topic. Please enjoy this clip from September of 1995. Grace and mercy are the highest provisions that God has for any person in the entire universe. Number one, he says, I receive mercies new every morning, and these mercies keep God from consuming me. Now, this is where we are going to learn a lesson that professors could learn in Bible colleges. Now, listen carefully. Mercy completely takes away what I deserve to have from God. Mercy takes away everything that I deserve because of sin for God to give me. That's what mercy does. Mercy forgives my sins. Mercy forgets my sins. Mercy buries my sins. Mercy buries everybody's sins. How do you know mercy? Now think as I challenge you with truth. But that's not half of it. Grace gives me what I don't deserve. And mercy takes away what I deserve. Let me say that again. Mercy takes away what I deserve. All of it. And grace follows up and gives me what I don't deserve as a believer. All right. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth in me shall not come into condemnation. That's mercy. But it's already passed from death unto life. That's grace. How many understand it? You see, the publican said, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. He didn't say be gracious to me. He said be merciful to me. And God was. But the next line says, he went home justified. Grace gave him something he didn't deserve, justification. And mercy took away what he deserved, condemnation in hell forever. Do you understand this? All right, now listen carefully. When the prodigal son came home, he was willing to be a servant. And the father said to him, you shall not be a servant, you will be my son. And he interrupted his confession of sin. That was wonderful mercy. But when the father gave him a robe, a ring, new shoes, and a party, and a lamb, that was grace. Now listen to this next statement. 
Mercy gives me back everything that I've ever lost. And grace gives me, after that, immediately something I've never had or ever could have before, ever had before. Let me say that again. When Adam and Eve sinned, mercy gave them back everything they lost. And they had an innocent body. But when grace followed mercy, they will have a resurrection body. The first one is of the red earth. The second one is from heaven. See. Mercy says, I'm going to take care of you. And I will arrange it so you'll never have to experience uselessness. Grace says, I'll, I'll go beyond that. I'll make you useful forever. See, see, this is hard to understand. Mercy buries everything, and grace comes on and gives you everything. See? So the apostle said, grace, mercy, and peace. Now, I love ten times in the Bible, we have the word tender mercies. And I, we looked it up, and I have it all exegeted. Tender. It means a mercy that's so motivated by the character of love, not something outside of, of me. In other words, there's nothing I can do on the outside. There isn't anything external. But tender means motivated by the total and complete and absolute compassion of God's nature. Ten times. Plenteous in mercy is three times. It means absolutely more than enough. Then God keeps it going. He says multitude of mercies. Then he keeps going. He says manifold mercies. That means mercy for every single sin. Manifold. Then he says abundant mercies beyond what you can understand. And so we have mercy enduring forever 37 times. See, mercy saves me so I don't have anything on my record. But grace comes in and gives me Jesus Christ's record. Righteousness. See, mercy says, I'll go with you. Grace says, I'll put you in Christ and have Christ come in you. Something never happened to Adam and Eve. You see the difference? Let me illustrate it. Abraham got mercy... After he sinned with, with uh, Ishmael, Hagar, and had Ishmael, he, he got mercy and he was forgiven for the Hagar act of adultery. But when he was given Isaac and made the father of our faith, that went way beyond mercy. 
See, Lot got mercy and wasn't judged in Sodom and Gomorrah. But in Second Peter 2.7, he's righteous, Lot. Never won a soul, as far as we know. But he, he was given the righteousness of Christ. See, see, mercy gave him back what he lost for himself, but grace gave him the righteousness of Jesus Christ. We have David in the Bible who sinned and mercy forgave him. And if you read Psalm 51, you'll see where he relates to tender mercies forgiving him. Tender mercies. But for 1,000 years he'll reign in the millennial reign. That's grace. Oh, tonight, if you could grasp it in your mindset. See, we, we think above jealousy. We think above envy. We think above anger. We think above uh, criticism. We, we, think above the, we think above depression. See, I mean, I am so overwhelmed. I mean, God's people have been given mercy. But God's people have been given what they can never earn and do not deserve, grace. And so what I do deserve is taken from me forever. And what I don't deserve is given to me forever. The Bible says that Jesus Christ, the King of the nations, who has loved us and washed us from our sins in his own precious blood, Unto him that has made us kings and priests. Unto the Father forever. Unto him that makes us reign forever. See, it's one thing that I don't have a sin charged to me and nobody can ever do it. That's wonderful. That's the abundant mercy, the tender mercies, the multitude of mercies, the plenteous in mercy, the manifold mercies, and that's wonderful that it followed me all the days of my life. But it's quite another thing to be given a brand new glorified resurrected body and the pure Holiness of God forever with no old sin nature and to reign with Jesus Christ forever. And that's why Ephesians 2.7 says that he might show us the exceeding riches of his kindness and grace toward us throughout eternity. What's he going to show us throughout eternity? Grace, because grace added everything that you ever... Uh, not, not only did it give you back everything you lost, that's what mercy did, but grace came along and said, I'll make you a son of God like Jesus. And when you see him, you'll be like him in 1 John 3, 3. And you'll be glorified in your body in Romans eight twenty three. And you'll have a magnificent provision with Jesus Christ forever. I... Uh, I'm writing a song right now about this. I want to do it slowly and progressively. And it's about this sermon tonight. I want you to see this. The most unique thing in all the world is when a believer, every time in the morning, wakes up 
And this is what he understands. If any man be in Christ, his new creature, old things are passed away. Now that's what mercy did. Mercy took care of that. But all things became new. That's what grace did. You understand it? You see, five things. Sin. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. Then because of sin and God's holiness, there is judgment. The wages of sin is death. The soul that sinneth that shall die. It is appointed unto man the judgment in Hebrews 9.27. Now, either I accept Jesus Christ's judgment for my sin, or I'll be judged for my sin and go to hell. It will be a judgment. But if I accept Jesus Christ's judgment for my sin, then there is no condemnation Ever, 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 ever. Romans 8, 1. And that's mercy. But. All things have become new. Everything. That's why marriages can make it. That's why any type of sin can be restored. You see, I must have as my ministry... These qualities of Jesus Christ's life. I must give people mercy. And then if I can, if it's within my power, I must give them grace. I add to them, I bless them beyond forgiving them. As you understand, justice is the third thing. Sin, judgment, and justice. Justice has to be dealt with. But when Jesus Christ in Psalm 85, 10 through 12, when God's mercy, not God's grace, God's mercy and God's truth of his holiness met together and his precious righteousness and ah, peace kissed each other or the peace of the son that he was making for us in Colossians 1:20 through the blood of the cross. Then the Bible says, heaven looked down and truth sprung up from the earth. Now, what happened? Mercy met with the truth of God's demands for justice. And Jesus Christ knew no sin and became sin and paid for everything. And then justice said, I'm ready to make a judgment. First we had sin, then the necessity of judgment. Now justice says, I'm ready to make a judgment that everybody that will believe on you will have mercy and grace. So what after judgment took on mercy and mercy rejoiced against judgment in James 2.13, After mercy rejoiced against judgment, grace said, I'm going to make them brand new. I'm going to make them part of the body of Christ and hide them in the body. I'm going to put them in union with Christ. I'm going to give them a gift of eternal life. When sin does abound, grace does much more abound. See, grace goes way beyond sin. See, mercy takes care of sin, but grace goes way beyond sin. And it abounds for you. You see, that is why the Word of God says, Jesus' lips were gracious. Jesus always gave something way beyond mercy. 
See, when I judge my sins on the cross as a believer, I'm accepting mercy forever at that moment. Let's say I failed tonight. And I say, oh, Lord, you paid for that sin. And mercy says, I'm so glad you acknowledged that. Then grace comes in and says, now have a beautiful, beautiful time with God and, and rule over the devil and rule over demons and use your power to be free and use your power to help others and to have people be healed. Mercy says, if you're the cause of your sickness, I forgive you. Grace says, I'll heal you even if you should be the cause of your sickness. You see? And this is why it is so crucial tonight to ask God for a personal understanding of mercy, grace, which gives us God's peace. And in closing tonight, I want you to, to uh, follow me very carefully. The most beautiful thing that we can understand about God is that mercy is what Jesus died to give us. But grace is what Jesus lives to impart us. See? Do you understand that? See, thank God for mercy. I See, I don't have to deal with the effects of my sins. And I don't have to deal with... I mean, David was guilty of all kinds of things when he went bad mentally in the cave and made believe he was mad. Because he... His people were led without him into a battle and scores and scores of people got killed. And that's terrible. All right. He got mercy. And God took the effects away from that sin. Then grace came right on and said, David, I'm going to make you victorious, victorious over Saul. I'm going to make you king. That's grace. That he could be forgiven to be a part of all of those murders just by ignorance, by lawlessness, by carelessness. Not by deliberate murder, but by carelessness. That's one thing. And I've always thought, and God forbid, and mercy said, what you did with Uriah was terrible. But Grace said, I'll give you in her salt. And he'll be a wisest king of the earth. See the difference? You'll find in the Bible that people would seek for mercy, and well, they should. But they would also have it be followed up by grace. I'm closing with this. Every person here should understand that mercy covers sin. But grace never repeats the matter. Oh, I like that. Thank you for tuning in. If you can, don't forget to send a tax-deductible gift to us. 
Your generous donation made to our program promotes this broadcast and ones like it going out on the Internet and broadcast on local stations throughout the United States. So please prayerfully consider what you can give. Find out how to give your donation at www.graceandpublic.com. Well, that was amazing. We seek mercy from God, don't we? We seek mercy from God. We need it so desperately all the time. The effects of sin in the world, the effects of sin, the effects of the fall of man are all around us, and we need mercy from God in order to deal with those effects. So we seek it. We seek mercy from God, and God has it and gives it abundantly. He's the God of all mercy, and we learn to live in grace. And we seek mercy, and then we realize that God's gracious character is with us. He wants to give us what we could never earn, gifts from him that flow from his throne because of his character and nature and our intimate relationship with him, his intimate relationship with us. And even when we don't sense that, even when things, situations don't seem to be as we would like them, this grace is an economy that we live in. We seek mercy from God and we we live in the gracious, abounding love of our Father, knowing that he'll give us what we could never deserve. And we, we can ask and expect from him incredible things. And they won't even come close to what he has planned because he's just that good. When we seek mercy and we live in grace, then we'll know peace in our lives. And that's an amazing truth, to know the peace of God which passes understanding. When we understand the character and nature of God, when we've sought God to receive his mercy for situations and brings us to an even place, amazing the peace that can be in our lives, the the thinking can be clear and uninhibited. The Bible opens up to us when we're at rest. And he, and he shows us, and it's an ongoing, lifelong pursuit, living life with God and the scripture, and in his purpose and in his mission, and in the call that he has on each one of our lives. We'd love to hear from you, so please go to our website and contact us. The web address is www.graceinpublic.com. So if you've never tasted of God's mercy, wow, the cross is that demonstration that God is merciful. God himself coming to earth, living as a man, dying on a cross purely so that he could bear our sin, the innocent one in the place of the guilty, suffering, suffering in our place. God can look upon us and have mercy upon us because sin has been paid for by the cross of Jesus Christ. That was incredible mercy. God wants to put that mercy on your account. He's made it available to you if you would have it. If you would pray a prayer. The prayer is not what saves you, but the prayer is that acknowledgement, that crying out to God, that believing, that act of believing, that you can do at any time, whether you pray this prayer now or sometime in the future, but that the gospel that Jesus died on the cross, that he loves you, that he has a desire to be merciful to you, that his character 
and nature is gracious. And you would trade in your sin for his righteousness. He will make the trade. And he will reach down and save you. So pray a prayer in faith with me. Lord, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Save me. I recognize that you're a merciful God. And that what you did 2,000 years ago wasn't just an historical event, but it was something personal that you did for me. That you would cleanse me. You would take away my sin because you've paid for it already on the cross. Right now I'm believing. I'm believing in your merciful act. And I'm asking you to come into my life and cleanse me. Make me yours. Make me whole. I want to have that peace that passes understanding with you. So I'm praying this prayer in faith, believing in your Son's name, Father God, in Jesus' name. Amen.